0: Christ Community Church, located at 25th and Thomas Avenue in Portsmouth, Ohio. Christ Community meets on Saturday at 5 p.m. and Sunday at 10.30 a.m. For more information, visit www.christcommunity.net or check out our Facebook page. Good morning, Christ Community Church. That's not bad. That's not bad. But it's tradition, so let's give you another shot at it. Good morning, Christ Community Church. There we go, awesome. Great to be with you guys. We're starting a new sermon series this week on the book of Ephesians, finding our identity in him. And so one of my favorite, favorite, favorite little stories, true stories, I love to collect these like dorky little cute stories that happen in church. And I read this and uh, one Sunday school teacher had a group of kids around and, and she was telling a story and so she's trying to get the kids to interact and she goes, okay, so what is it? that is fuzzy and collects nuts and runs up a tree. And a little boy kind of looks puzzled and says, well, it sounds like a squirrel, but this is church, so the answer must be Jesus. (laughs) Um, And that's typically the way it is, right? The church is all about Jesus. Christians are supposed to be all about Jesus. And if we're all about Jesus, why is it that so many of us struggle? And why are so many of us just don't have joy and are down and all other kind of stuff? And... I'm going to talk a little about that this morning, and i want to start off just this way. There are two problems, as far as I can tell, that Christians suffer from, most people suffer from, and Christians are not immune. Two problems, though one sometimes leads to the other. We are, as a people in this culture, either depressed or distracted. We're distra- and sometimes that distraction will lead to depression. Now, what I mean by that, the distraction is, we clutter up our lives with meaningless stuff, right? I mean, we just, you ever had one of those days where you go through all day and you feel like you're busy and you look back and you've got nothing done, right? That just seemed to be day after day. And if you have too many of those days stack up, you just start to get depressed because it's just, you're, you're, you know, it's just empty. You're not going anywhere. You're not doing anything. And Christians suffer from that just like anybody else. We have lived lives of distraction and clutter. Now, see how well you do. Last night didn't do, they didn't do so well. See if the Sunday group is smarter. The donut group is smarter than the popcorn group. We're gonna, we're, we'll test it. What do you think here in America is the greatest waste of time? Facebook, somebody got it right off the top. Facebook, right? It's Facebook. So much of our life is lived on Facebook. And have you ever really learned anything of any worth from Facebook? Right? I mean, it's just, it's 99%. It's, look at my cat. Here's what I had for breakfast. Right? Right? Or it's political posts where people are just being really nasty to each other. And it's just a waste of time. And I I watch because I'm I'm on Facebook. I'm guilty. I'm I'm on it. And I I go, now Facebook's got the trending thing like Twitter used used to have, right? You always look at what is trending. And it's almost always one of two things, celebrities or Donald Trump. But I repeat myself. But anyway, I mean, it's always like celebrity culture and Donald Trump. Now, if you're spending, if you're a Christian, and you're all wrapped up in Facebook and celebrity culture, there's a problem. I mean, if you have a favorite Kardashian but not a favorite Bible verse, that's a problem if you're a Christian, right? I would argue there's a problem if you have a favorite Kardashian, period, but... Oh, and I'm, I, look, I'm just as guilty of wasting time and, and, and spending a lot of my time on, on this meaningless stuff. Like, for example, I'm a political junkie, right? And of course, this is the time, you know, we're getting ready to choose the nominees for both major parties and who will be president over the next four years. And I, we have the Iowa caucuses coming up on Monday, the first time where somebody will win some delegates or whatever. Now, here's the deal for at least the republican side for just for an example only one of the last 6 nominees for the republican party have actually won iowa it's almost meaningless so of course i'm following the coverage 24/7 i don't know why monday night's going to make no difference in the long run whatsoever but i am glued to flipping around, CNN, Fox, MSNBC, just watching everything. What's the latest poll? One of the first things I do is I get up and I go to realclearpolitics.com and look at all the latest polls and all this other kind of stuff, and it doesn't make any difference. I'm just wasting my time. Well, what do we do about this? Because that, that, especially when you clutter up your life with all that kind of stuff and you live a life of distraction, you eventually become depressed, and then we're not people of joy. What are we to do? Let's go see, see what Paul has to say, first chapter of the book of Ephesians. And we're going to run through all 23 verses. And then we're going to come back and talk about, focus really on, on two. Because there's a lot here, Paul writing to the church in Ephesus. Ooh, Ephesus 1, Ephesians 1, excuse me, 1-1. One, one. Paul, an apostle, that just means like an ambassador or spokesman, somebody sent. Uh, an apostle of Christ Jesus, you could also translate that King Jesus, an ambassador of King Jesus. By the will of God to God's holy people in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus. When you become a Christian, you become one with Jesus Christ. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Now notice that what he's saying is you get spiritual blessing. Everything you need for your spiritual life. Christ offers us. He doesn't, he doesn't give you everything for your material life that you want, but he gives you everything you need for your spirit to be quiet and at peace and have joy. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. He saved us because he loves us and he wants us. So this is his will. To the praise of his glorious grace. You see praise and grace and honor pop up over and over again. Which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. That he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. He made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ Jesus. He's talking about a plan. To be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and earth under Christ. In other words, history is going somewhere, and it's all about Jesus Christ. In him... We were also chosen, having been predestined, according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. God has a plan. God has a purpose. We're all going somewhere. There is meaning. In order that we, who were the first to put our hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. And you were also included in Christ when you heard the message of truth the gospel of your salvation, when you believed you were marked in him with a seal, the promise of the Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his Glory! Notice there's a plan, and it all comes in Jesus Christ, and it's all about praising Jesus Christ. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, love God, love people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. We're going to talk about that hope. The riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. And his incomparably great power for us who believe that power is the same as the mighty strength. He exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. He's saying we have that same spiritual power that what can raise from the dead. We have for spiritual blessings. Far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet, that's Jesus, and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body. The fullness of Him who fills everything in every way. What is He saying? He's saying it's all about Jesus. It's all about praising Jesus. Glory to Jesus. But it's also focusing on this God has a plan. God has a plan. It's easy to look around and see like life is just chaos everywhere, just random chance. But what Paul is saying is God does have a plan, a plan for his church, a plan for his people, a plan for all of history, for the entire universe. God has a plan. I was watching, um, as some of you may know, speaking of celebrity culture, um, about to condemn myself, um, about what, a week, week and a half ago, Glenn Fry of the Eagles died, right? Fairly young, um, and so I forced my wife to watch a documentary on the Eagles because I'm a big fan of the Eagles. And there's a section where they're interviewing Joe Walsh. Now, if you know anything about Joe Walsh, Glenn Frey used to say he's an interesting bunch of guys, Joe Walsh, right? And, but Joe Walsh was saying he's been clean and sober now for about 20-odd years, so you can actually understand what he's saying now. And, 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 and Walsh said, you know, he said, what I've learned as I've gotten older is that when you're going through something in life that just seems like total chaos and, and random chance, he said, as you get older and you get some perspective and you look back, it's more like a finely crafted novel. And it's true. If you'll take that time to look back and see what God has done in your life and what has happened to get you to where you are, you can see that there's some purpose. And... What's at risk is if we clutter up our lives too much, if we're always on Facebook, if we're always checking our phones. And how many of you have been victim of the phantom buzz? You thought your phone buzzed and it didn't, right? If we clutter up our lives with all this stuff, we don't get that perspective. We don't get to see what God is doing. We don't get to see what He's doing in our lives. We don't, and we just become empty and we and we can go back into just thinking it's just all chaos and random chance. And when that happens, we get depressed. And we're not people of joy. I had a mentor in seminary, great guy, a guy by the name of Charles Sybert. He went to be with the Lord about four years ago. And Dr. Seibert told me, he said, Matt, people tend to become depressed when they don't see a bright future. If they're thinking about their future and they don't see something good coming around the corner, they become depressed. He said, it's kind of like a story. We see ourselves like in a movie or a story. We have our past, we have our present, and what we hope for is a happy ending, right? And I'm telling you that right now, no matter what you're going through, financially, physically, if you're a Christian, if you have placed your faith in Jesus Christ, we all have a happy ending. Because here's part of the plan. God will establish a kingdom. God will establish a kingdom here on earth, and Jesus will rule over that kingdom. Now, I I need to to dig in here a little bit because, unfortunately, um, when we think about this future kingdom, too many Christians think of a cartoon version of heaven, right? I mean, I was raised... You know, my mom and dad made sure I had uh, all the finest things growing up. So, of course, I learned most of what I know from heaven from Tom and Jerry cartoons. And, of course, in Tom and Jerry cartoons, what happens? One, if one of them dies, it's almost always a cat, right? The cat dies. What do they do? He ends up on a cloud with a harp with a halo in a diaper. I'm not sure sure why the diapers are necessary in heaven, but in everything, they were always wearing this, like, loincloth-like, you know, diaper, uh, folks, that is not what we are going to. That is not our future. The Bible is very clear. If you're a Christian and you die before Jesus returns, your soul goes to heaven. It does not stay there, though. The Bible is very clear that when Jesus returns, everyone who has ever lived gets a physical body. Paul says our body will be like Jesus' resurrected body, which was physical. If you remember, if you've read the Gospels, Jesus can be touched. Jesus eats. This is our future. Jesus will establish a perfect kingdom here on earth. The, The Bible calls it the new heavens and the new earth. Here, a physical existence. I want to read a great book on it. Randy Alcorn wrote a wonderful little book just called Heaven. And what Alcorn argues is that in this new heavens and new earth, where Jesus is king and reigns over us in wisdom and in grace, where there is no sin, no death, nothing like that. But we will have everything here unless it is sinful. As long as it's not sinful, we will have it in the new heavens and the new earth. So, your future is not sitting on a cloud playing a harp in a diaper. I'm telling you right now, if I die and I wake up on a cloud in a diaper with a harp, I'm not in heaven, I'm in hell. <laughs> your, your future is a physical one, with, hopefully with all of us there with God. And, and we'll be able to eat, eat. You'll be able to eat in the new heavens and the new earth. And as somebody who's been trying to follow a strict diet, I cannot wait for calorie-free pizza. Pizza with everything. Breakfast, pizza. Lunch, pizza. Afternoon snack, pizza. Dinner, bacon cheeseburger. Right? Everything, everything will be there. Art, music. If for some reason you like golf, you'll be able to golf. I don't get it. If I wanted to you know, frustrate myself with a club, I'd just hit myself. But it's all going to be there. This is where we're going. And it will be great worship. and great. It's, it, it, I mean, it's just absolutely going to be better than anything you could ever imagine. That is our future. If you have faith in Jesus Christ, no matter what you've suffered in this life, no matter what you are suffering now, that is your future. An eternity, physical eternity with Jesus Christ and with all those you love in Christ. That's a good deal. That, folks, is a happy ending and if we can get focused on that to realize that it is not all of our t- trouble that we have here that determines our tomorrow if we can see that our true tomorrow our real tomorrow is that beautiful eternal physical existence with Jesus Christ if you can really take that to heart you're not going to get that kind of depression right if you really take that to heart okay That's then. Okay, Matt, but what about now? I understand what you're saying, but I've heard you say this before. So practically speaking, what do we do to fight that distraction and depression now? Now, I've got a few suggestions for you, and they're probably really basic. You don't need a seminary degree to come up with these. Number one, pray. Pray. Pray constantly. Now here we have to debunk again. Like I said, I love these little true stories I read in like Christian magazines and stuff. And one of them was talking about prayer. It was a little boy. This little boy, five, six years old, had a single mom and was living, they were living with the grandmother. The grandmother was well off. The mother was struggling, living in her house. Christian family. At night, the mother and the grandmother would get down by the boy's bed and pray with him. And this one night, they asked the boy to pray. He puts his hands together, and he says, Dear Lord, thank you. I ask that you give us good health and that I get a new bicycle. And the mother said, God's not deaf. He said, No, but Grandma is. Um, (laughs) That's typically how we approach prayer. Is that we go asking for stuff and things. But we're 90% sure that he's not going to give it to us. But just on the off random chance that he does, I'll go ahead and ask. And if you don't believe me, think about what happened with those of you who bought a Powerball ticket. If you tell me you were not talking to God when you bought that ticket... Or when they were reading off the numbers, you can go to hell for lying, right? And what did you pray? I know what I prayed because I was dumb enough to do it. I bought a ticket, even though there's a better chance of me spotting Bigfoot riding a great white shark in the Ohio River. And I bought a ticket, and of course, what do you do? Lord, the good I could do. Right? Right? There'd be no more poverty in Portsmouth, Lord. (laughs) My goodness. That's not how prayer works. Prayer is simply this. It's communication between you and God. It's you talking to God. It's you talking to your father who loves you so much that he gave his only son to save you. It's talking to him. And you do not have to do it out loud. You do not have to use King James English. God did not, his vocabulary did not stop somewhere around the time of William Shakespeare. He understands what you're saying. You don't have to thee and thou. You don't have to do any of that. You do not have to do this. Most people think that you have to, you pray like this. Now, where this came from was early Christians would often do this because this was the position of a slave. This is what happened if a slave was going before his master. You would get on your knees, and usually if your hands were tied, they would be like this. So that's fine to do that, but you don't have to do that. Jesus says we may call God Father, and we approach him because of our faith in Jesus Christ. We get to go to the heavenly throne room, and we just get to talk to the one who loves us. And here's the thing. As Paul just wrote, as you saw in Ephesians, what he promises us is not every physical blessing, but spiritual blessing. We ask for a lot of stuff when we should be asking for a better attitude. And more peace. And more love. And more joy in him. And more wisdom. This is what we should be asking for. And as someone very wisely told me out in the hallway, we should also be spending a lot of time thanking him. We don't spend enough time thanking God for what he has already done for us. And you say, well, but I'm this, I'm that. No matter what you've gone through, if you're a Christian, if you've placed your faith in Jesus Christ, you've been saved by the fires of hell, wholly through the work of someone else. And you should begin thanking him for that. Should we all not do that? Pray, talk to God. You can talk to God anywhere and you can talk to him about anything. God sees everything. He sees everything. He doesn't have tender ears. You can just talk and talk to him about absolutely anything. Number two, that's how you pray. Number two, study. Study the word of God. Study your Bibles. Read your Bibles and study them. I know you say, oh, but Matt, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I opened Leviticus once. I don't know what was going on there. I don't I don't understand who is Habakkuk. You know, what, what is all this stuff? I understand, but here's the deal. You know, we have this thing called the internet. Heard of it? And if you go online, you can find great Bible study tools there to help you figure this stuff out. There's Bible.org, there's BibleGateway.com, there's Bible Hub. there's on and on and on. We have incredible tools out there to help you study your Bible. You can read the Bible online, you can study the Bible online, and you should, every day. Every day, put time aside to study the scriptures. Number three, worship. Worship. Come in here, After you've gotten your sugar and caffeine buzz, come in here and sing. Sing. And this is the deal. When we sing at church, we're not singing to each other. We're not singing along with Ralph or Rick or whoever. That's not what we're doing. We are singing to God on his throne. We are singing praise to God on his throne. I know what you're thinking. Some of you are like, "But I can't sing." I can't either. I I mean, I'm not. I'm not being modest. Back years ago, twenty odd years ago, uh, when I was really politically active, I was a state officer uh, for a state party organization, and we were up in, I think it was Canton, and. We had a party the night before the state convention, the state meeting. And there was karaoke. I sang. The next day, the first resolution that was passed was to ban Matthew Rawlings from ever singing at any party event in the state of Ohio ever again. It's that bad. So I get it. But this isn't a performance. It's praises to God. And the fact is, if all of us are singing, it's gonna be so loud, nobody but God's gonna hear you anyway. Sing. Worshiping God, singing to God. And it's okay if you visualize that throne while you're singing to Him because we're, you've got to worship. We spend so much of our time focusing on ourselves, don't we? And we can't help it. We live with ourselves 24 7. So we spend so much time focusing on ourselves, we don't spend enough time stepping outside of ourselves and looking to something greater. And so, if you're not worshiping, you're not doing that. Sing to God. Sing as one church together, singing to God on his throne. Songs of praise. Sing. Number four, love. Love people. Jesus said you can wrap up the entire Christian religion in loving God and loving others, right? Love people. That means you're gracious. It means you're nice. Most non-Christians don't typically think of most other Christians as nice because we're not. Put yourself in the shoes of others. Pray for them. Give, love. And I almost put tithe on there too, but anytime a lawyer gets up and asks for money, people get suspicious. But it is part of that, that we just, we love people. Pray for them. Instead of praying for stuff for ourselves, pray for others. Pray for their well-being. Pray for their salvation. Pray for them by name. And focus on the good news of Jesus Christ, the gospel. As Paul lays it out in 2 Corinthians 5, 21, he made him who knew no sins, that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And what he was saying there was the father sent the son to die on the cross to pay for the sins, every sin we have ever committed, will commit, are committing, that if we go to place our faith in Jesus Christ and we repent and ask for forgiveness, it's paid for. The cross pays the penalty for all of our wrongdoings. And then we become one with him, in him, That means what is true of Jesus Christ is true of us. That means when the Father looks at us, he sees the Son. That means the Son has literally given us his life to be judged by. And when the end comes, you can either be judged by your own life or Jesus' life. Which one do you want? I want to be judged by Jesus' life. And that's the good news. And we need to preach that to ourselves. And we need to share that with others. If you focus, 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 focus. This is so much about focus. We're wasting so much time. I've watched just in the last two weeks a brother in Christ go to be with the Lord. None of us know the day or the hour we will go. But if by grace we should live old enough that... We know we're lying in bed. We know we're in our last few minutes. How much time, when you look back, do you want to say, oh, I'm so glad I spent that time on Facebook? Is that what you want? We have so little time. When you get to be over 40, you start to realize, man, that went by quick. So little time, and we waste so much of it. I read a story about a group that broke into a jewelry store. I think it was in London. But they didn't take anything. It was a prank. They began to switch the price tags around. So they put on the most expensive diamonds were dirt cheap. And for the expensive, the cheap stuff was suddenly thousands of dollars. And then after they switched all the prices around and got out, they were outside the store in a van and they were recording what was happening. And they watched people go in and spend thousands of dollars on a $50 piece of junk. And thought that they had just bought something wonderful. Do you know what we're doing with our lives? With the precious time we have? Buying junk and thinking it's wonderful. Every time, we, every moment that we waste. That's what we're doing. Because there will come a day. If we know our life on this earth is coming to an end, you'll really want all that time back. Won't you? Focus. It's about focus. I read a story yesterday. I was gonna put it in the sermon. My, my wife was the one who told me I should do it. And I will publicly say, much to her delight, she was right, I was wrong. I'll say it again. You were right, I was wrong. Yep. <laughs> Warren, uh, one of the wealthiest people in the world is Warren Buffett. And Warren Buffett has a private plane, and he's had the same uh, pilot, private pilot, for more than 10 years. And at one point, the pilot just asked him, said, Mr. Buffett, how is it that you're able to accomplish what you accomplish? He said, focus, focus, focus. He said, all right, he said, give me some advice. He said, here's what you'll do. He told his pilot, he said, I want you to go home and I want you to write down the 25 things that you want to accomplish with your life. By the way, have you ever written down goals for your spiritual life, what you want to accomplish as a Christian? Sit down, he said, write down the 25 things that you want to accomplish in your life. So he went home and he did that, and about a week later he came back and he showed the list to Warren Buffett. And Warren Buffett said, That's great. Now, pick the five most important things in that list that you absolutely positively want to do before you die. He said, Okay. Came back a week later, had these five, had the five at the top, the other 20. He said, Okay, now what are you going to do? He said, Well, I'm really going to focus on these five. If I get time, I'll, I'll deal with those other 20. He said, No, 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 no. Those other 20s are things you will never, ever, ever accomplish ever. Get them out of your mind. Forget about it. Just focus on those five. He said, really? He said, absolutely. And then he said this. He said, the most dangerous distractions are those you love but don't love you back. All the things, if you pour into it, that gives you really nothing back, cut out of your life. Just cut it out. I didn't know that till this week. I'd always heard the term um, flotsam and jetsam. Know, most people haven't heard it, but, you know, I mean, I've heard the term primarily because they were an 80s metal band. And I, I, was, I grew up in the 80s and loved metal. But flotsam and jetsam, I never knew what it, what it meant. I thought maybe it was a biblical term or something. I read Leviticus, it ain't there, so I don't know. I found out this week what it is. When a ship sinks, if a ship's at sea and it sinks... All the stuff that comes out of the ship because of the shipwreck, that's called flotsam. Jetsam is the stuff that was purposely thrown off the ship in hopes of keeping it from sinking. And what I'm telling you is myself and all of us probably, we've got a lot of stuff we need to start throwing off our ship cutting stuff wasting time out of our lives now don't get me wrong I'm not saying that you have to become a monk all right I'm look I love sports right I rooted in vain for Kentucky to win last night I knew they were gonna lose and they did they didn't disappoint it's always that way you know if you're a Bengals or Browns fan let's face it the season always ends the same way doesn't it Disappointment. It's always disappointing. We get we invest so much in it and it's constant disappointment. The Reds are gonna even be even more disappointing this year. Um, we invest so much energy in that stuff, and that's okay. I'm not saying you can't be can't be a fan of you know of, of of football or basketball or that kind of stuff. I'm not saying you can't go to the movies, I'm not saying but when that becomes your entire life, when your entire life is cluttered up with that stuff. Then that's your identity, not Jesus Christ. If your focus is not on Jesus Christ, you've got a problem. God has a plan, history is going somewhere, it is not all meaningless. It is not all chaos and random chance. History is going somewhere, and we are supposed to be part of that plan. The story we're supposed to identify with is that 2,000 years ago, God became man and went to the cross to die for our sins and was resurrected again in glory, conquering death. That's our past. Our present is our mission for that man who died on that cross, for that king that died on that cross. And our future is his kingdom where we will dwell under him's, his rule. That is our past. That is our present. That is our future. That should become the story of your life. That should become the center of your life. That is what should define you. And it's only going to happen if you pray, if you study, if you worship, if you love, and if you focus on the good news of Jesus Christ. I'm going to ask the praise band to come back up. And what we're going to do is I'm going to pray. We're going to sing. And we're all going to sing, aren't we? Sing to God along with Ralph. A few things better. And we're going to do that. And the staff is going to come up here. And if... You need someone to pray with you. First of all, if you don't know Jesus Christ, if Jesus Christ is not your Lord and Savior, if he's not defying life, come on up and let us pray with you. Let us welcome you into that kingdom. Let us welcome you into that mission and that future kingdom. Because, folks, it is all about Jesus. We've made it all about ourselves. That's easy to do. I do it myself all the time. But when we really, truly make it all about Jesus, then we find joy. Then we dismiss distractions. Then we don't have to deal with depression because it's all Jesus Christ's, And it's all wonderful, happy ending for all of us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you died for us. I thank you that you have given us before the foundation of the world That we were given this mission. May we complete it. As best we can. For your honor and your glory. May we look forward to your return. For your kingdom. May that define us. That future kingdom define us. The cross define us. Our mission define us. And may we expand your kingdom. By sharing your gospel. Your good news. With all those who don't know it. In Jesus' name I pray. And the church said, amen. Christ Community Church, located at 25th and Thomas Avenue in Portsmouth, Ohio. Christ Community meets on Saturday at 5 p.m. and Sunday at 10.30 a.m. For more information, visit www.christcommunity.net or check out our Facebook page.